first and foremost, I just want to say that this podcast may not be for everyone. This is a podcast that discusses sexual abuse, child abuse, child neglect, and a lot more. These are certain stories that have gone on in my life and my specific opinions. And if you don't like it, go ahead and deuce juice. But here we go. I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you for joining Black and Mentally Ill, if you will. If you suffer from mental health issues or depression, don't be afraid to reach out for help. There's somebody out there for everybody. But do keep in mind that every therapist may not be for you. I know it's scary to go talk to somebody or reach out, but trust me, in the long run, it feels so much better. And sometimes just having somebody to talk to and listen to you definitely helps. So if you're dealing with mental health issues or depression or any disorders of any kind, don't be afraid to reach out. And if you don't want to reach out to anybody in your area, don't be afraid to call the National Help Hotline at one 800 Six six two four three five seven, or the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. I love y'all. Love yourself. Stop before you get too far. This is a disclaimer that this episode does talk about child abuse. And if you are not a fan of that, can't partake in that, can't hear that, please, please, please use your discernment and think about your mental health. Do not put that in your world, in your energy, if you cannot handle it. This is your disclaimer. I'm letting you know, honey. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Black and Mentally Ill, if you will. I just want to say hello, hello. Please remember, if you're not already, subscribe, um, like the video, leave a rating, leave a comment, you know, leave your feedback. Um, let me know how I can make this podcast better for you guys and all of that jazz. So how is everybody doing this week? Are you guys good mentally? Are you guys in a good headspace? If not, what's wrong? What's going on? Because you're not alone. No, but for real, you're not. I hope you guys are drinking your water, you know, going outside, getting some sun, some vitamin D, taking your vitamins, eating healthy, Not eating so much junk and fast food that gives all that negative energy, you know, a chance to thrive. But anyway, guys, we're back this week. Episode 9. I'm moving. Look at me. I had an ear infection and shit. That shit pissed me off last week. So I was sick before that. Zari was sick. Then I was sick. And then I had an ear infection. It's just too much, okay? Working, adulting, bills don't stop billing, you know what I'm saying? And on top of that, I got to be 
uh, bipolar and cray cray. <laughs> Let me stop. But you know what I'm saying. You know how it is. You know the, you know the dig. Why are you honking? Anyway, people honestly are just real extra real. They do the most. They're very freaking. I don't know what's wrong with them. They they on a different level. I don't know. These people have been on a different level. They don't have no empathy. They don't have no common decency. They don't have no respect. And honestly, like, some of you peoples need to think before you try somebody or mess with somebody because you honestly really don't know who it is that you might be messing with. And you might be playing you know, playing this silly game and you might just win a silly um, reward. You feel me? So this week on this episode, I'm going to talk about overbearing mothers, parents, all that jazz who contributed to making you crazy. (laughs) Well, I know for a fact that my childish ash parents contributed to making me a little bit crazy my lifestyle the way I grew up uh you know that made me the way that I am and it is what it is I can't change it I mean I can change it for the better but for the most part what I have been through has changed me mentally and there's just really no getting away from from it because now it's uncontrollable I waited too long so I've seen a couple posts like it says if you aren't on my Instagram page there are a couple posts that talk about um like if you suffer from childhood trauma then you're more likely to have a mental illness and which makes it you know hard and easy to spot and see if somebody has a mental illness but most of the time you know people that are raised in poverty or grow up in a single parent household whether it be father or mother they tend to suffer from some form of abuse and I don't like that and I want to break the cycle for that so I try not to belittle my son I try not to um, talk down to him I try to let him have his own opinion try not to get so mad where I don't let him you know express himself because I feel like a lot of black men have become so angry because they can't express themselves and the only way they really do is through sex which is, you know, it is what it is, but then again, it's like, no. So, my mom, as you know, through if you've been listening, uh, <laughs> has been the way she has been pretty much, I'm like, my whole life. I don't know beyond then, but my whole life. And she is unbearing. And I just learned now that I'm old enough that I have to have boundaries and I'm not going to let her control my life. So, a little bit about growing up with a mother, because I grew up in a single parent household with my mother. My father was around, barely, and, you know, they both were on drugs and alcohol, so they weren't really present, okay? I saw my mom try to commit suicide. I saw my dad beat my mom. I saw my mom beat my dad. My mom was very, is very aggressive. She doesn't know how to communicate. And she uses anger first. Like, she woke up and chose violence, okay, every single day. And she is easily offended. So being a child growing up in that environment, I I didn't really know how to 
approach it, hold it, you know, or whatever. So I remember I would be pretty much at daycare all the damn time. Um, all the time, early in the fucking morning, sometimes the first person there and late at fucking night, (laughs) not late, late, but like six, you know, the last motherfucker there, you know, and it just became like, oh, she's not going to come like, oh, let me figure it out, you know, and it just became me entertaining myself. And I think now that I'm older and I've been through relationships I have abandonment issues and I hate to be alone because it reminds me of back in the day when I had no choice because nobody was there and I was alone and I was a child and mentally that screws with your little head. So besides that, I told you guys how she used to uh, talk about my weight and talk about how fat I was and yada yada but she's also a pretender so what she likes to do is you know act a different way in front of people so you know if we're out she'll splurge like this is normal and of course I'll be happy and stuff but it's not normal and when we get home she's holding it over my head yada 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 um so it made me very quiet at first And then I became promiscuous because I I was bored, I guess. So I hung around a lot of older kids. Um, That older guy tried to molest me when I was younger. So I just became more curious. And when you don't have a parent around or nothing, you're just like, you know, interested in certain things. So I would be curious with girls um and not really boys but I liked boys boys didn't really like me and that was another thing that really fucked up my self-esteem because I didn't feel good enough and and now this applies as well I don't feel I didn't feel good enough then for my family and my parents to want me and uh, now and then I didn't feel good enough for even a boy to want me and I wanted that nurture you know that nurturing feeling I wanted that um acceptance that motherly love or I I don't know some type of love so I I I fell to women because they're more emotional more caring more coddling and that's like the stuff that I was looking for so I went that route I had to keep it a secret for a very long time and I think me having to lie about who I was and keep things a secret and growing up in a hostile environment because my mom used to beat the shit out of me. We're just going to get there. She used to beat me um, with anything. She could get her hands on, honey, an extension cord. She'll throw a can of food at you, a pot, a pan, an iron, okay? The belt, she would catch me out the shower with the hard part of the belt, give me welt. She would punch me in the eye. She would one two combo chicken piece with a biscuit in my ass she would uh, oops upside my head with anything a magazine a book anything she could get her motherfucking hands on and I got beat a, a lot a lot a lot a lot pretty much every day I would get beat and I got used to it it became sometimes so bad where she would be like oh you can't go to the school because you know I would have bruises whelps or I couldn't sit or I'll be walking funny or I have a black eye and she'd be like oh no they're gonna call CPS and in the house we learned that if you because my sister tried to call CPS before so we learned that if you try if you call CPS and they don't take your ass that you gonna get beat the fuck up even worse so it it just became a thing where I became numb um I was hurting on the inside and also now on the outside so I became angry and I wanted to fucking fight and I did I started fighting I started stealing I started fighting um still being promiscuous how I let out my anger 
was through, I guess, masturbation. I used to masturbate. Um, I used to masturbate a lot. I became addicted to sex. I believe, in a sense, feeling sexy, being sexy, being wanted. Cause I don't know, it just made me feel like that's what you did to be wanted, or people wanted me for. So it was like maybe you know that's love. I don't fucking know. Now I'm growing. So. Growing up in that environment, and I, I the title is called "Mom's a Mom's a Landmine" because literally she would go to work, you know, and she would come home. Sometimes she would take the free, you know, the food out the freezer. Sometimes she would forget. Sometimes I would fucking forget, and that would be a problem if I did forget. That would be a beating a yelling uh one time she saw my motherfucking face in with her foot um if i didn't take the trash out every single day that was a beating if i didn't vacuum the floor the way she liked it every single day before she got home that was a beating if she thought that anybody was in the house that was a beating if i ate any of the dinner that was in the fridge or anything that i wasn't supposed to eat that was a beating uh what if I was out my room and something was out of place, that was a beating or uh, argument, you know. So it was everything. Like I couldn't do shit. She was strict. I couldn't go out the house. I went out the house, and when I was out the house, when I talk about in and out, in and out, I literally had to stay out there. The fuck. And she would call me from the balcony, and I would show my face, but she wouldn't even let me come in just so she would know I'm still alive, type shit. And then. My sister is 13 years older than me, so, you know, she had her a little bit when she was younger, and with my mom's pregnancy with me, she didn't know she was pregnant, so she was doing uh, crack and coke or whatever she was fucking doing, and um, she fucking uh, didn't realize she was pregnant with me until she was five months. So I was born with a tumor. I had a surgery. I'm partially paralyzed on the right side of my face. And my whole life, I used to ask, like, where's my real daddy at? Because first of all, I'm light-skinned. I'm the only light-skinned one besides my grandpa. But everybody else in my family is dark-skinned. And fucking my mom treated my sister like the holy grail and my sisters always had it good with her like yeah my sister used to get beat and deal with all that shit when my mom got angry but the way that it was for me there's no comparison and the fact that everybody in the family realizes it but didn't protect me I'm a little salty because you know I told my dad even when I spoke to him on my birthday my 29th birthday we were talking about shit he's like I never left you I always loved you but I couldn't stay there with you know your mom because she was volatile and all that stuff and I'm like but you left me there with a crazy person so my sister literally took care of me um she basically raised me like my mom like I would go to college with her and she would be I would be with her all day she would feed me sometimes my mom wouldn't feed me and I would call my sister and she would order me food and um I would like be like make sure they don't knock and call me so I can open the door quietly and get the food because if she knew it would be a problem and it was it was like living in fucking hell So instead of succumbing to my abuser and just being, I see a lot of it, like, yes, yes, okay, yes, you know, sweet, whatever, and just take it, I started fighting back, bitch. She used to tell me she was going to beat me like a bitch on the street, and I said, touche, you feel me? So I started throwing hands. I'm not ashamed, you know. I went to jail the first time ever for fighting my mom. She called the police on me. She had one little scratch. But she came in the room and she was beating me with the brush and she was choking me. So I fucking, um, you know, she called the police and I called the police. The police came. They took me. So I, I don't know. At that point in my life, like, I just, I wasn't going to take any disrespect from her And I'd be damned if I take any disrespect from anybody else in my whole entire life. So 
it was being it was a toxic relationship times 10 because I was in a toxic relationship as well for six years but growing up in that household it was treacherous you never knew what was going to happen it was Mr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde it was giving um looney tune bin it was giving sadistic it was giving uh uncontrollable it was giving mental health issues it was giving you need to go to the nutty house it it was giving you might want to give your children up to somebody else it was giving bitch i'm not staying here so the fuck um yeah so like i said at the beginning i was into girls a lot and at this point i was messing with guys so i would do both and I would drink a lot. I would drink a lot. I think I started drinking at like 10. My mom gave me my first glass of champagne. But I think I started drinking like 10, 11. I used to sneak a little sips of the wine and act like nothing happened and get beat for that. I And then I started like, I don't know, figuring out how to drink. I, I used to steal it, steal it from the grocery store. And I used to come to school drunk. I started smoking weed and shit. You feel me? So I was like, fuck it. I'm untouchable. I started rolling with the gang. I started shoot, <laughs> shooting my shot with the thug life. And taking things that did not belong to me. And being disrespectful to the elderly. And going to jail. And it was a life, okay? So, bitch, I'll be damned if you going to tell me what to do. And that trauma, I felt like, made me so hard. I just became numb and wanted people to hurt, like, how I hurt. So, fuck, fuck it all. Fuck life. And at that point, you're young. You really don't care if you live or die. You done got nothing to lose, okay? I had nothing to motherfucking lose. So I used to do whatever and I met a girl, a beautiful girl. I would love her forever. My first girlfriend, like legit, we were together for what, like two and a half years. Her name is Beline. She's living in another dimension now, but her spirit is still here with us flying high. Rest in peace, BB. So that relationship gave me everything that I have been looking for my whole life. Protection, caring, understanding. But because of my trauma, I couldn't fully accept the love. Or I accepted it too much and became overbearing because I didn't want her to leave me. So I felt like I would do too much to the point where she didn't want to be with me, but she was still with me because she did want to be with me in a sense. But we were both toxic. She was cheating on me. And I just, you know, and I guess that was her way of letting me know, like, you know, she's not my property which I get she wasn't my property at all um she was her own person but if we're in a relationship I wanted it to be you know me and her and just us I don't understand why it had to be others and I now I do because I was overbearing I was doing too much you know it was something that she did not want she wanted me but not me doing all that because at the beginning I wasn't like that So going through these things, it showed me how fucked up I am. And I try to have a community, like have a conversation with my mother and she just act like none of that ever happened. 
she even stole $500 from me from a fundraiser that I stole money from and then acted like she never stole it. And at first it would be like, what the fuck? This bitch makes me fucking crazy. She makes me feel crazy. She makes me think I'm crazy. And it's so fucking true. She do. She makes me feel like a motherfucking maniac. Like I don't like when I be speaking that shit don't be coming out in English form or like I'm crazy. Like I don't know what I'm talking about. So after that conversation, I felt maybe I'm delusional and it didn't all happen the way that it happened. But looking back at my diaries and looking back at my poems, which I'm going to get into, you, you, there's no way that I could have made all this shit up. And why would I want to? That shit, I'm not that type of bitch. I don't need that type of attention, you know? It was to the point where I used to stand over, stand staring in her room at nighttime with the knife, just staring at her, being a creep. Not like just because I wanted her to go like she's and she's still the fucking same way. And now I get to choose if I want to have a relationship with her, want to talk to her. Back then I didn't get to choose, you know. It was her way or the highway. Nobody was saving me. You know, my aunt, she was saving me, but also my aunt has little issues as well. So she likes to manipulate people and I don't like that either. So she would try to use me to manipulate my mom, even though she wanted to do all the stuff that she did for me, buy me clothes and take me here and do this and do that. But when it didn't benefit and my mom didn't give a fuck anymore, she stopped doing it. My grandma, she saw what was happening. She basically, you know, I'm sure she talked to my mom, but my mom's so possessive over her that my grandma's basically not even my motherfucking grandma. It's just a lady that is my mom's mom because that's her mom, okay? It's so toxic. And I was watching I Am A Stalker last night on, I don't know, I think it's episode eight. And... The, it's the black girl with the dreads, D. And I was like, I feel her because that was literally me. I didn't think I was stalking Belen and I didn't think I was stalking, you know, but I was. And then even before that, you want to talk about trauma because I left it out trying to be slick. Um, I was promiscuous as fuck. So I used to talk to guys online. Y'all know when the motherfucking MySpace was a popping, y'all, y'all know. I used to talk to men online. I used to have fucking friends online, talking wooty woo, probably talking to the oldest uh, white man with the George Jefferson cut, ready to come uh, rape my ass. I was doing it. I didn't give a fuck. Okay, uh, and then I got a little older, and I started meeting. And then Twitter came out and shit, and I started meeting these niggas. I was like sixteen, fucking thirty year olds. 16 fucking 28 year olds 27 year olds what do they want with me but I was getting dicked down honey okay let me tell you okay and I wasn't mad about it because that's how I needed to release my motherfucking problems and my motherfucking energy I needed some type of attention love gratitude even if it was for uh, literally a moment okay So it sounds terrible, but these are the traumas that I'm talking about that when when we're raising children, we literally need to think about how and what our parents did that made us this motherfucking way. I literally have to sit back. You know, I don't have to sit back too far, but I got to sit back and think like, what was the specific things that made me a specific way? Even like um, there was and me coming talk going to therapy and talking that helps a lot, too. But, you know, when a girl starts their period and, you know, my sister's a nurse, so she told me all that shit. and da, da, da. But my mom gave me a book. A Christian book from 
the Bible store. And if you are a black Christian, you know what the Bible store is or the Jesus fish store is or the Christian store is. Okay. So, (laughs) she bought me this book. It was called The Body Book. Okay, and I had to read it. It has scripture in it. And I had to fill in the blanks about how I felt. Talk to me about my breast size, different types of bras, um, tampons, pads, different types of those. Feeling wet, discharged versus, yes, honey, all of the things that my mama could have talked to me about. I get it's awkward, but I would have preferred, you know, I'm looking at this book like, because even then, I didn't understand it when I was younger. Now, I'm older. It makes sense. But, like, what the fuck? And my sister wasn't really living with me. So, to call her and ask her, yada, yada, it was, it. I don't know. It was embarrassing. So, I kept it to myself. I kept it to myself. And I knew that I could figure it out. So, I used to watch porn to figure it out. When my period came and stuff like that, um... I just kind of like started to pay attention to my body. Uh, I think the worst part about it was the cramps for me. I couldn't walk and do all that stuff and knowing what medicine was right for me and how to function and all that. I didn't even know about any of that. I just thought you fucking bleed. I just thought that blood comes out your fucking pussy hole and that's it. Nobody told me it was going to cause pains I mean, I knew your fallopian tube dropped because that's what my book told me. But other than that, I I didn't really know much. So I learned through my body and I learned through life. And no child should have to uh, figure it out. Figure it out. Ask Jeeves. (laughs) Google it, you know. And this is like real life. This is how it's going to affect my, me being an adult is going to affect everything. And I'm realizing now that I had to teach myself and now I'm reteaching myself because some of the shit I taught myself was completely fucking wrong because I'm looking at shit and trying to learn from other shit. And sometimes just other shit don't work for everybody. And I'm learning. I'm figuring it out. But how dare a parent diminish the trust and the comfort and the love and the caring and all of that that your child is getting from you from inside your belly and just waiting. And some people just can't be parents or shouldn't be parents and to this day I get sad because I'm like shit I wish I had a mom and a dad you know but I rather not have anybody than have and deal with my shitty ass parents but on the positive note they taught me about how to not be a shitty ass parent and a shitty ass person if I was anybody else, they might have taught me how to be. But uh, not my life. I know how to be a shitty ass person. And if I want to, trust me, I can and I will. But it's not my go-to. I'm not fitting to do that for no reason. So the childhood trauma I endured affected me differently. Which I feel it affects everyone differently. Because we're not all the same person going through the same things. But for me, I never, ever wanted to be a victim. I still don't like being called a victim. Um, I'm a survivor. And it just goes to show children, you know, before they're 25, their brains are not fully developed. And especially when they're in that young of a age their brains are still developing in general um they're more impressionable they take in what they see like a sponge even though they might not 
think that they are. Because all my life, you know, seeing my mom beat my dad and my dad beat my mom. I was like, I'm not ever going to be in no abusive relationship. What do I look like, you know, being in an abusive relationship, yada, yada, yada. When whole time, unbeknownst to me, I ended up in an abusive relationship. Very similar to what my mom and my dad went through. So I think it's just, again, being accountable and knowing that whatever you're doing when you have children it doesn't only affect you so it affects of course the people outside of the family but it affects that child majorly especially when they don't feel accepted or like me I never felt good enough um which still follows me as an adult Um, I get angry. I wouldn't say easily, but easy enough to, if I feel disrespected or if there's something that doesn't make sense to me, um, and people are trying to convince me or manipulate my mind, I get angry because again, it takes me back to my mom and her manipulation tactics And growing up in the hood, you know, I wasn't just about to sit in the house and take it. I'm sorry. Like, I I was going to leave. And when she found out that I was with a girl, well, I wasn't even with Belene at that point, which is the funniest part. I was, um, it's just funny. She just kind of speaks it into existence. So, for me, it's like when she thinks I'm doing something or she tells me not to do something and make me want to do it so my sister you know she used to tell me about safe sex and all that stuff remember I told you my mom gave me a book so my sister gave me condoms I was about what 16 17 about to be 17 and I was dating this guy but I wasn't even having sex and I let it be known I wasn't doing it and she gave me these condoms I put them up on my bookshelf because, like, my sister gave them to me. Why should I be uh, scared or hiding it, you know? This is, it shouldn't be a problem because my sister's a nurse. She's the one that gave it to me, you know. But my mom, she, I don't know, somehow saw it. She got pissed off. She took them out of my room and um, was pissed off saying I was fucking and all that stuff. Because I think one night I did take the condoms out just in case. Because my sister would tell me, take them with you just in case. Because you never know what's going to happen. And if it does happen, at least you'll be safe. So I took them with me. And I think when she came home, um, they were... I hid them behind my back or something. And like I was trying to hide them. And she noticed. And she was just calling me all types of sluts. All types of whores. Oh, you want to have sex. Oh, you're going to be this. You're going to get pregnant. This, that, that. And the third. So... That made me want to have more sex. So I did. I started fucking around. That was when I started fucking with the older men and all that stuff. And then also, like, before I dated Baleem, I was really infatuated with her. um, But I didn't know that I... Well, I knew I liked girls, but being with a girl, I didn't know that I wanted to be with a girl. I didn't want to deal with the stigma and all the shit that comes with being gay lgbtq or a part of that community um i just didn't want to deal with it so i suppressed those emotions but the more you know but i've always felt different so when transgender people and you know they came out talking about how they felt different i've always felt like a black man in a black woman's body don't ask me that's just how I've always felt and maybe it's because of the childhood trauma and me having to take on that masculine role to take care of my family because mind you my mom would get depressed she would get in these depressive states um she wouldn't want to cook and she wouldn't want to clean and that had to be all up to me to make sure you know food was cooked food and stuff was clean 
Then it got to a point where my mom stopped cooking altogether or she was cooking terribly. So I literally had to cook all the meals. I cooked Thanksgiving. Like, you know, it started, that was just what it was. I was the homemaker. I was the breadwinner. I was a little bit of everything. And that's just, it's the ugly truth. It's the ugly reality. And still now I still feel like, um, when me and my mom are together, she takes on an awkward or weird dynamic of me, of her needing me or somebody to take care of her. And it feels almost like um, a relationship in a sense. It's it's awkward. But I've always felt like a more masculine female. I've always felt more manly than, uh, you know, womanly. So I guess that's a big reason on why I decided, like, oh, no, I'm going to fight back because you're, like, not going to break me down. You're not going to break my exterior down. You're not going to diminish my um, pride, respect, my ego. And also, it's the loyalty. For me, you're my mother. You're my family. We're the only people we got. You're not even loyal. You have no respect. Mind you, I grew up in the streets. So it's like, even though I was going home, with her crazy ass, I still was outside gangbanging, doing whatever the fuck I was doing out there. And it just came home like, you going, you're not about to come home and take this shit. And, you know, people knew, like, my mom was a crazy mom. They would, they knew, like, people would even ask me to cook for them because I would be cooking. I'll make them something, you know, a little bit of something on her dime, you know. <laughs> shit because she would be depressed she wouldn't be eating whatever they just went through stages and that's what that made me really realize that she has a mental health issue and that I don't want to be like that so I need to go ahead and get my shit together and nip my shit in the butt okay so just growing up in that lifestyle it made me hard it made me numb it made me not give a fuck. And then being around a lot of niggas, men, whatever, especially black men, they not trying to hear your little sad little sob stories. They don't give a fuck if your mama don't like you. They mama probably don't like them either. You know, it's about what we doing. We here. We family. We, we chilling. We vibing. That's what it is. Nobody wants to hear you bitch moan and complain. So, literally, that's what I grew up on. And I'm not about to sit up here and bitch, moan, and complain. So, I'm out here talking about my experiences so people know that that shit is real. Sometimes your parents don't parent you and expect you to parent them. Sometimes your parents expect you to take care of them. Sometimes their par- your parents just use you in any way, shape, or form. Um, because they know that you just might be a little bit better than them. Um, and not to say, and that's not to be rude, but it's like you, they should want you to be better than them, you know? But to me, it's like petty. It's a, it's a drama. It's a girl, girl on girl, like issue all the time, confrontational thing. And I'm like, bro, like, I fought too many bitches in my life to still be going through this shit now, almost 30, with my mother. Like, last year, we were about to fight. And I'm too fucking old for that. She wants to fight. She wants to wake up and choose violence. Hey, that's her. I'm not going to put myself in the middle of it, even though I want a relationship with her. The relationship isn't worth the mental health problems that I have endured going through medication depression anxiety you know just not even understanding why you know I saw another post or meme it was like me sitting here having an attitude thinking why my parents didn't ask me permission for me to be born like my parents didn't ask me permission for me to be born a hundred percent why the fuck would they not they want to be out here being fast and fucking you know even when i was out there being fast and fucking 
I was not fucking trying to have no motherfucking kids, you know? My mom got pregnant at, like, 16 and had, like, mad abortions or whatever. So, it's like, first of all, you're just irresponsible. You're on drugs. You're getting high. You're horny. You're fucking. You're not protecting yourself. You're not protecting yourself doing drugs. You're not protecting yourself fucking. Um, And you get pregnant. That's what happens. And then, what? You get pregnant. You don't want to take care of the kid. That doesn't have anything to do with the kid. That has everything to do with you. And as a mother, you need to step the fuck up and take care of your motherfucking kid. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. Shit, I was 21 when I had my son. Did I want to have a son? I mean, did I want to have children at that point? No. But yes, when I found out, of course I wanted him. And I wanted to do better. And I wanted to prove myself right. And also now, I'm talking about I never wanted, you know, I was never wanted. I was never loved. Now at least I have somebody that honestly, truly loves me. And I'm just learning, like, how not to be that stank. That detrimental in my child's life. Because... Like I said, that trauma sticks with you. Being yelled at. I remember being yelled at. Being beat. uh, Being hungry. Being kicked out and homeless. Going to jail. You know. Just not feeling comfortable in my own home. Um, it, It wasn't good it wasn't a good experience and I'm not saying that had somebody saved me and I went to foster care while whoop-de-whoop it would be a better experience but I'm saying that a motherfucker should really take into consideration when these kids are around and do I really want to inflict pain on them and sometimes people do people want to inflict pain on children People want to inflict pain on anybody if they're feeling pain. Misery loves company. But I just choose not to deal with that shit anymore because the childhood trauma is the past. And I lost that innocent little girl that used to be so vibrant and amazing and such a light in life. But going into adulthood, I've had trauma already. And I'll be damned if I'm going to allow this trauma that I have the control over, if I'm going to have it in my life, to take control of my motherfucking life. Whether she's my mama, my daddy, my bald-headed granny, whether she's fucking my teacher, my child, I'm not dealing with the toxicity anymore. I deserve more. I deserve better. I am better, you know. Yeah, I go, you know, I go through a lot and yes, it is lonely, but it's better than being fake or, you know, my mom likes to make sure you need her in some way shape or form so that she can hold it over your head like, you know, a little bone on a string. Because you're an inanimate object <laughs> to her. As long as she can control you, you're her bud, you're her baby doll, you're her puppet. But if she can't, she don't want nothing to do with you. She's going to toss you over her shoulder to the motherfucking wolf. And somebody else can deal with you. So, I don't know. It... It woke me up, you know, because a lot of parents are overbearing. But then I I go out and I see people with their moms and their families and, you know, their dads. And they're, like, doing, like, family stuff, like, holding hands. And I'm like, ew, why the fuck are they doing that? That's weird. But no, bitch, that's normal. That's normal. You don't know anything about nothing like that. <laughs> so you shouldn't comment on it. And that's true. And that shit fucking sucks. I want to know how that feels. Um, I want a big, you know, I want my dad to protect me. You know, I was watching I Am A Stalker. Another episode, I think it was another one. I don't think it was the same. But 
she moved back home with her mom and her dad. And she talked about how her dad was her number one protector. And I've always had to have the streets be my protector, either me or the streets. I never had my mom to protect me. I never had my dad. My sister was older. She really wasn't, like, doing all that stuff. She was in college and stuff and being a nurse. So she wasn't going to protect me if I got into nothing in the streets. Or if, you know, when I got in my abusive relationship, nobody could protect me. So I had to fight and protect myself and figure out how to get my own self out of it. Because, of course, the people will tell tell you it's my decisions that put myself in certain situations. And yes and no. Because I agree, yes, sometimes, yes, my decisions did make it to what, you know, I am. But also, why did I have to make those decisions? What was the reasoning behind me having to make those decisions? Was it because I had no choice? Was it for survival? Or was, you know, or was it just because I'm out here trying to be a dumb teen? Which a lot of people loved to put on me you know they would say oh you just a runaway you just a runaway and I don't believe that I believe I was a throwaway I believe I was thrown away to deal with it on my own and guess what I did and I am and I thank my mother for giving me life I pray she can get it together and work on her mental health and find peace um but for me I need to find peace. And it took me so long to love myself because I hated myself for so long. And sometimes I do still go back to that hatred of myself. But no more because I am powerful. I am a survivor. And, you know, I've been through some shit that I think really can help some people out. I left my baby father randomly, you know, secretively, smartly, did my research. You know, I, no matter what predicament or situation I got myself in, I wanted to be better and have better and live better. So I was going to work at it no matter what it took to get better and it's the same thing so sometimes you got to leave those people in the past that don't help you um grow and aren't helping you become better and unfortunately it was my parents but they dropped me way before I dropped them that's the funny thing and now that I'm older they want to come back around and try to do the parenting thing but it's a little too late And, of course, I'm going to have, you know, accept you in my life and talk to you and be friendly. But everything else is, I don't know if we can get there. Like, my dad has never met my son. Um, My mom's barely been with him. Only when she was out here supposedly going to help me for about a year and a half, two years. So it's like, you know, they don't try. And I used to try, 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 try for no reason, to no avail. Nothing would come of it. It would just be me trying, me getting hurt, me stressed out, me doing the most, me broke, giving all I got, being drained. And I couldn't call and motherfuckers treat me like shit or whatever. And I get that's fucking hard. So if you have overbearing parents, I feel you. That shit is annoying as fuck. Like, <laughs> it's it's serious, but it's not that serious. I know some people deal with tiger parents. That shit is ridiculous to me. My mom wanted to be a tiger parent, but it was just for me, like, bitch, I'll be damned. I'm not doing that because you didn't do that. Like, you know, my mom didn't go to no fucking college and do all that shit. She didn't, she barely graduated high school. I don't even think she did. To be telling me I need to do this, woo de woop and make straight A's and no, bitch. Because I have your genes, so how the fuck? Mm-mm, no. So, 
for me, I was just so strong will. I'm just so strong will. I'm not going to allow. I'm not going to take. I'm not going to have any of that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And some people are like, it's disrespectful to your parent. It's the they human just like me. And you got to give respect to get respect. And I learned that from the streets, okay? And it's loyalty over everything. Especially if you're my parent, you should, I should feel safe. I should feel like you're going to protect me at all costs. I don't trust you as far as I could throw you, bitch. So, therefore, you know, it is what it is. And a lot of us deal with it. Unfortunately, a lot of girls deal with it. Uh, A lot of boys deal with it too, but I don't think they deal with that as much as girls, especially girls with their moms. It's weird moms get jealous of their daughters or something or try to live vicariously through them and it's like no like you can't even some um boy moms they be so pressed about their son looking like how she want her man dress, wearing jays being all fresh um you know trying to be a nigga that she won't and it's like or it's like girl no like you or you like overbearing like want to be all up under him because you like being weird like what the fuck and then you got the moms that fucking want to hate on the daughter because she's cute or whatever the case may be she's smart um she's funny people like her people gravitate towards her and they just want it they it's jealousy it's envy and it's sick it's disgusting it's even more sick when it's your own parent it's even more sick when it's your own parent and then they try to beat you down because of it and try to break it out of you. That's the fucked up shit. And how dare you? How dare you? And if you're listening to this and you're doing some shit to your child or saying some shit or you say some shit, even that, oh, you look just like your daddy shit. That shit is a lot, it's a little detrimental. My mom used to say that shit to me too. And it's like, damn. Maybe that's why she don't want me. Maybe that's why she don't like me, because I look like him. And she don't want him. In all reality, they want each other. They just dumb and toxic. And none of it really has anything to do with me. None of it. It's all her. She got her own issues. It's ugly. It's sad. It's disgusting. But it's all her at the end of the motherfucking day. And I can't change her. You know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks and shit. But you know what? Well, I'm going to glow up. I'm going to deal with the trauma. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to find that little girl. I'm going to take her out on a fucking play date. And we're going to go have some motherfucking fun. Love ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody deserved that. <laughs> nobody deserved to get beat down like that um, by your own parents. Childhood trauma. That shit is real. People try to ignore it because they say, oh, you're a kid. Oh, you don't have no feelings. Oh, you're being dramatic. You don't know what that feels like. But we do have feelings. And our feelings are a lot stronger than adults most of the time. Because we are so young and innocent. Because we forgive and love so easily that that hurt, it breaks us. You think that we're just being over dramatic and sensitive and you don't even really ask us what's really bothering us. You don't even look at us to see how hurt we are. You don't even care. You don't even care. And by it I don't get it. Why have kids? You know? They're so little. They're so innocent. I couldn't look in my son's face and just not give a fuck. Just not feed him. Just talk down to him. Just beat him. Berate him. You know? I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And I don't see how people could do it. I get sick thinking how it was done to me. I get sick seeing it done to other kids. And some kids have died in the result of their parents' hands, which I don't understand. Don't have them. You know, I hate that motherfucking shit. Oh, I brought you in this world. I could take you out. Bitch, why the fuck would you want to take... Why? Why? 
Why would you bring me here and just want to take me out? And why would, how could I do anything that would make you that angry at me to want to remove me from the earth? But it's the anger they feel or whatever they feel. And they think because we're a child that they're not going to face any consequences. Because some, most of them can't and won't deal with no confrontation. Scary asses. Okay. It's sad as fuck. But yeah, guys. I am ranting. But that shit really hits home. That's a big, 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 big. You know, reason why I made this podcast because I know what I went through. I remember, I may not remember verbatim, detail for detail, word for word, but I remember what I went through. I remember what I go through. I remember what I have gone through because it's made me who I am. So the fact that me trying to confront my abuser about it and them trying to tell me that that never happened none of it ever happened it didn't happen the way that I believe it happened that just goes right back to me being a kid and not being shit nothing that I did or said mattered and it's going to be the same probably until she's older maybe she realizes it maybe never it'll be like that and what am I going to do I just know that I got to break the generational curse, break the cycles, because I'm not about to carry this along with me in my children's life. I don't want them to resent me, um, and I don't want them to be looking at me crazy, because I'm old enough, I'm grown enough to go get myself some help. It's And I get, some people are scared of it. You don't have to take medication. There's so many different things you can do. But at least go fucking inquire about it. Shit. Go see if anything is wrong with you. You know, talk to a psychologist, psychiatrist, something. Don't just sit there and be going crazy in your mind. I know that sucks for you because it sucked for me. And I wouldn't wish that on nobody. So if you're like a teenager and your parents are doing this to you, tell a counselor you know, let them know you're uncomfortable, you don't feel safe, uh, see if you can stay with friends, family, um, see if they can offer your mother or father mental health, you know, treatments, I don't know, there are some, there's got to be some outlets, and if not, I'm trying to make some, And if you're, like, older and dealing with your parent and you're like, oh, they're going to die soon and I want to keep them, make sure that, you know, it wasn't anything that I did and yada, yada, yada. I get all that. And forgiveness, that's the beautiful thing about it. You can forgive without having to throw yourself in the mix. Forgiveness doesn't mean, oh, I forgive you and now where everything is going back to normal and nothing happened. Forgiveness can be, I forgive you, and that is that. Bygones be bygones, but we don't have to speak and we don't have to deal with each other. We can do a happy Mother's Day, Merry Christmas, you know? Things like that. Catch up. Hey, how are you this week? I want to make sure you're alive. Stuff like that. It doesn't mean everything has to go back to normal. And some people do get along better when they're apart I moved all the way from the east coast to the fucking west coast to get away and I'm petrified to go back so you're not alone just own up to it admit to it it's ugly it's stupid but yeah you have childhood trauma you were a child somebody took advantage of you emotionally physically mentally and the first step is admitting it and then you can heal from it 
no need to be in denial it didn't it shouldn't have happened to you but it did happen to you and the ways that you can make it better now is to get help for yourself and make sure that it doesn't happen to anybody else anybody else's children your children you just got to break the curse break the cycle so that we don't have so many children going through this and becoming adults like this in the world that tend to and can do some bad and terrible things i don't know I'm just saying, guys, I love y'all, you know, keep it 100, keep it 100, keep it 100. That shit is so, it makes me sick, guys, but yeah, comment, leave me um, a comment, like, subscribe, share this podcast with anybody you know that may be going through any mental health issues that are very similar or different that just can relate or want to hear somebody talk about their own problems because sometimes that makes people feel better too um also you know if you share it helps me get my podcast out there and to help more people so yes black and mentally ill if you will podcast i appreciate you i love you thank you for joining me Continue to drink your water, vitamin C, vitamin D. There's a place called Press. You can get Press juices with fresh fruits and veggies. Just get your body right. Your body right. Once you get your body right, you'll get your mind right. And leave the past in the past. Learn to forgive. Never forget. But improve. And never let history repeat itself in the negative era. But that's it, guys. I love you. Talk to you later. Bye. If you suffer from mental health issues or depression, don't be afraid to reach out for help. There's somebody out there for everybody. But do keep in mind that every therapist may not be for you. I know it's scary to go talk to somebody or reach out, but trust me, in the long run, it feels so much better. And sometimes just having somebody to talk to and listen to you definitely helps. So if you're dealing with mental health issues or depression or any disorders of any kind, don't be afraid to reach out. And if you don't want to reach out to anybody in your area, don't be afraid to call the National Help Hotline at 1-800-662-4357 or the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at one 800 Two seven three eight two five five. I love y'all. Love yourself. <laughs>